star date still in the 21st century. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, uh, a sometimes funny and sometimes smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. I'm your Romulan ale bribe taking captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have your starship throw in co host, Paul Satajit. Close enough. You got one. You got got one. one. You got one, Paul. (laughs) Clyde is on his way. He'll be beaming in here in just a few seconds. Oh, I think I see a Clyde coming in now. There he is. Clyde is here and ready. Apparently there are four lights. Clyde, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. Good, good, good. Uh, tonight, we are talking about Disengage, the second episode of this final, final season of Picard. Uh, just a few reminders, though, to get us started for those who might be joining us for the first time. Paul, where can uh, people listen to this podcast? Well, uh, you can listen to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. All links are at Star Trek, uh, StarTrekPod.co. And uh, if you're loving all this content and would like to help us, like maybe consider joining our Patreon for those dollars, two dollars, two strips of gold, press latinum uh, per episode at Patreon at, at patreon.com dot slash Star Trek pod. Oh, my God, I'm losing it. I, 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 I'm, I'm high on, on my pun and now I'm throwing away <laughs> everything else. It's, it's I'm falling apart. here. I missed. I missed. He, he finally got a pun right and I missed it. I mean, I don't know if it was a pun. There was a reference to Paul's introduction this time. <laughs> that, that that wasn't that wasn't terrible. Like I feel like my positronic net is collapsing. It's there's a cascade failure. That's what's happening uh, already. Anyway. It, it happens. It's all good. Yes. So you can listen to this if you're watching us live uh, and you can't sit through the whole thing or you want to refer us to a friend. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join us live on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern time for those late night folks. Um, And as Paul said, StarTrekPod.co. Clyde, um, how can people, if they're watching us on YouTube, interact with us this evening? They can't. No? No No interactions allowed tonight? You're cutting them off. Four lights. Four lights. (laughs) Four lights. Cut you off. Too many weird comments last week. No, um, No, we would love for you to interact with us. So if you're watching us live on YouTube, then... All you need to do is type capital P, capital O, capital T, capital pod in the chat, and we will take a look at your comment, your question, your remark. And when we get to that special time that's coming up, you want to let us know what your thought was about this particular episode. Just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat, and we will take a look at your thoughts. In Indeed. And I think it might be time for that part of our episodes, y'all. I think it's time for some... Hot freaks. Hot freaks. Hot freaks. Oh yeah, hot freaks time. Uh, Paul, what did you think of the episode? Well, you know I'm a person who's all things Star Trek. And what? What? Uh, and I have to say that I really like things that are constructed well for what they are trying to do. For example, like, uh, like this season of Picard is obviously like you know prime nostalgia bait, right? And like, and every little bit uh, of this episode that had the, the bit of nostalgia was like so point. Like for when when Worf enters and you know and starts slicing people up, 
they have that like you know that that star trek music dun, 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 you know like th- th- that variation on it i'm going like Hang on theme baby yeah! <laughs> it was oh uh uh spoiler wharf shows up <laughs> but, uh, but what? It, 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 yeah i know uh like as far as there are some things that i i love about the episode there's some things that i go like might have been a little easier than i would like it to be but like uh, but we can talk. We get that into it. But my hot break is like loving the nostalgia bait. All right. Clyde, thoughts? In a nutshell, I'm just trying to be Michael Dorn in my golden years. Like, like that's what I'm trying to strive for. I want, I want an entrance like that. Maybe not with all the killing, but with that same type of gravitas. No, I thought this was a really good episode. I thought the first episode was interesting. It felt a bit like a setup. I ultimately think that it is it's better to watch these two together. Like on a rewatch, it just flows. I'm a little curious why they just didn't do a two hour season premiere. Um, because it it this felt like a I felt like I was waiting to figure out what happens and and this delivered lots of action. Um I mean again I keep saying this not a huge fan of the Rafi storyline, um, but the the inter the way they've interwoven Worf, and to Paul's point, bringing some of that nostalgia feels like it anchors it a little bit for me. And I'm like, okay, let's let's see where this goes. Um, yeah, over overall, I think we got some an- some questions answered. Spoiler alert: It's his kid. You said are John Luke Picard. <laughs> yes, and, and my—I'll say this. I think one of my favorite things is the way Riker handled the situation. Mm. Like he just kept saying, "Like, dude, <laughs> do you see what I see?" Not like a. It's it's almost like he wants to. Hey, dude, you know that's your baby, right? <laughs> you notice, know you know that's 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 the baby's yours, right? We don't need Jerry Springer or anything, yeah. or Maury Povich. The baby's yours. Uh, but he he handled it well, um, and so I thought I thought it was a pretty good episode. Like I, all things considered, this was a really good episode. Yeah, I think um, much like some of the other seasons of Picard, I I agree with you, Clyde. I think this is going to be a better binge because honestly, when this episode stopped, I was like, oh, this felt like a mid act break for me. Like I was mm-hmm. ready for the next act of this episode, and it wasn't there. Um, I also agree. I feel like Rafi's storyline, it feels like they're trying to do the campiness that I love of some Trek, but it's just not landing in the right way. And I don't know why. Um, it doesn't help that poor Michelle Hurd is literally acting against a green screen. Like there's no one there for her to, to, to do anything with for a lot of her scenes. Um, I mean, the high points for me were wharf entrances and the introduction of our villain, the twirliest of mustachy villains I have seen in a long time. Who and smokes. I'm, who smokes weird cigars <laughs> with a badass lighter. And I am ready to watch weird Amanda Plummer just tear up this screen. They they should have started with started with her in this in season one. Ooh, she is like good. I am she, here she for really it. Is. And look, I agree with you, Mariah. You know, thinking about Captain Vodic. It, when it ended, I was like, I need more. Like, it it did feel like almost 
like an intermission in a movie. Like what, what's happening? Like I like yeah. I want to keep going, especially because we really just got to see her like start to find it was her groove the, a little bit. The beginning of the chase, right? It's like mm-hmm. follow that cab, and then I was like, I'm ready to follow that cab, and that's where the episode ended. Well, my, my response is like, Are you tuning in next week? Yeah, you I mean, are. Yes. So, so so like yes from that perspective it's perfectly crafted because you, you gotta see what's happening well i mean here's the thing that only works in this day and age that only works so long because i'm, I'm now waiting and you're giving me seven days to get distracted by something else i mean but that's i don't, I don't know i have like there's the thing about all of us watching it at the same time, you know, that I do enjoy the community, the water cooler aspects of this, right? It's the same thing. I feel like the conversations we all have that are watching the last of us on Sundays, the same that was happening during white Lotus and all the other prestige Sunday night, uh, HBO content that we all seem to watch. Um, you know, back when like mad men came on each week, well, Mariah, I mean, look, for us, it, it's super helpful because, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> our, our beloved fearless leader, Mike, has had, he's tried a number of, of podcasts with shows that were on Netflix. Like, we, he did a whole Marvel, like, podcast series. And it was always really hard when the entire season is dumped at once. It's like, how do you, like... It's 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 tricky. Like we get to go. We all watched it today. Mm-hmm. We're all going to talk about it today. We've got people in the chat. That is a great experience. When it's all dropped in, it's a different experience, and we get there. But but I also, on the other hand, feel like uh, I felt like I was broken up in the middle of a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I want to say, like Vodic is just amazing. And I, I was, I was, I've been, I'm spending all day trying to figure out because everybody's like, Vodic is the best villain. Vodic is the best, best, best villain. And I really want to know, well, why? And so I was really been thinking most of the day, what is about this character that I'm drawn to? And I realized that for so many villains, they're this pure evil kind of just narcissistic. Like villain that you're just like okay, like I'm already Fine. rooting for I, I'm you. right here. I'm, I'm I'm literally sitting right here. This is not I was cool, gonna say man. we not don't cool. we but, don't but, know her her motivations yet, which I think is what makes her exciting right now. Well, well, no, I think that's it. I think it's the excitement. Like she brings this energy that we haven't seen before. Like she's just like oh 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 get get him get him get him. Like yeah. she's so excited about the chase. How how do you not get excited with her? Right. And like the the gravitas to be like, I'm going to lower my shield so you can see everything I will destroy you with, with stuff loaded that you don't even know what it is yet. <laughs> That's how terrifying I am. <laughs> I, I think this is why I like lore and why Vatic, you know, like they because cause they're just so good, Clyde. Uh, and, and, and here's the reason, because they have fun. In, in my opinion, lore like, has you, fun. I, like the, the best villains like Khan you know like they're they're salivating they're, they're twirling mustaches they're evil uh, giggling like yeah like, like they're gonna do bad and they're salivating on how mm, this is gonna taste so good as I beat you up like you know like they're, they're all uh... I, I see where you're going here's where I'm gonna part from that just slightly 
Khan and Lore are insecure and angry about something. Their villainy comes from the sense of hurt, from betrayal, from from a lack. Vodic seems real secure in her spot. Like, like she's got this lean backness. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I I wanted to ask y'all. So, in the beginning of the episode, when the inspect the the inspectors are coming on to the crusher ship, they refer to her. I'm assuming it's her as the marked lady because she does have these two kind of tear like scars mm. running down her face. Um. And I was like, I wonder what the significance of the marked lady might be. And in entertainment, it is an old, old movie. Um, and it stars, oh my gosh. I was like, I just looked this up and now it's going to leave my head. It's a Betty Davis movie um, about a witness of a murder at like a nightclub. And like, all, it's like, you know, like a courtroom sort of drama thing. And so I was like, we do love a courtroom drama in a in a in a Trek sphere, but Vedic doesn't feel like there's any connection there whatsoever. So when I googled it, I was like, I don't think this is where it's coming from, but it's just interesting to me that the like, I don't know. I'm like, I wonder what the marked lady has to do with like they're they're adding a lot of symbolism to this character. So that's why I'm like, I want to know what all of this is leading to. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like very, it feels like very arch to me. Like you know, like in in a good way, in the best way, where you're like you want good versus evil kind of thing. Like she sits like uh, in her chair, and I don't know if you guys remember old school Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. but like you know, I I don't know. I yes, Clyde, uh, you know, but Mariah may not. Wait, it, like it, the original Battlestar Galactica yeah, the original, or the? There, there was, I, I have original. watched a few episodes of the original. So, so like, so. Uh, like there was this iconic chair that Boltar or any of the bad head Cylons mm-hmm. sit on, sat on. It, it, it just looked like a throne, but like a like, and she feels like she's in that kind of throne as opposed to like a captain's chair. Like mm-hmm. she, she looks. Everything about her says, "I'm a bad guy." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if y'all did y'all watch the ready room this week uh, I did not with it. So they had a small like BTS with Amanda uh, Plummer talking about it. And she's like perched in like her, her set chair in this like mm-hmm. very, like, I, I, I don't know how to properly sit in a chair way. And then sure. she was just like, I don't know if she like sits into a character for a while and it takes like what her process is as an actor, but it was so interesting to watch her body language out of the Vedic like mm-hmm. makeup sure, lens. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but was just like, they made me, or they, she's just like, everyone should go watch it. It's really interesting. Cause she's just like, they made me a really nice chair. It had a lot of room to play <laughs> in. And I was just like, I'm into how much you love your chair. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, this is great. <laughs> okay. This, 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 I was worried about how, what we were going to talk about in this episode. I was, like, <laughs> I was. And now I'm like, I can't wait to talk about all of it. So, I mean, I, to that point, though, Clyde, like, I think part of the reason I felt like this episode needed to continue was like, we didn't move that far forward. Mm, you know no. what I mean? Like, we, plot wise. Plot wise, exactly. Yeah. Like, we Which had is... moments happen, but I think they were all moments we all knew were going to happen. Well, I mean, that's what I'm, that's kind of what I meant. Like, typically when we talk about an episode of, of Trek, 
there's a number of plot points. There's a lot of things that happen and we kind of take them like scene by scene. Mm -hmm. Like this felt fast. Like it felt really quick. So it's like, oh man. So I say, I love it. Like, oh, we've got a couple quick reveals. But as we break it down, there's so many little nuances that we can discuss. That's what I was worried about. It's like, it just, again, it just moved. I felt mm-hmm. th- I felt like this one moved pretty quickly in terms of wh- where we started. Because it's like they only moved, like, the ship barely moved. We, we well, literally it, didn't it, move it, the ship, but. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and basically, it's an hour, like, of, of, of screen, not, not, not just screen time, but like of, of movie time. It's like, you know, like uh, Vatic going, you have an hour, and at the end, here's the end of the hour. Like, nothing yeah. moves very – so it, it's it, literally an hour. So, like, if it feels yeah. like not a lot happened, it's because right. – Episode of 24, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly – this is episode 24. It Yeah, it truly was. Like, movie time was real time. Um, there's 10 episodes this season, I think. Um, I'll double only check. 10? I think only That's 10. It. So yeah. it's – Yes, I'm pretty sure there's only 10 episodes. So like we got some moving and grooving to do. But I wanted mm. to bring up um Chippy brought this up. Um Shaw looked terrified when um she started talking about his psych profile. And to me, that was one of the most interesting details mm-hmm. of the whole episode because I, there's been a lot of hate for Shaw online. I find Shaw to be a very And right here. Character. There's I, a lot of hate for him I, right here. Honestly, after this episode. I'm into Captain Shaw. See? It, Negative like, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, I, I, all I can say is, like, he makes some strong points. Like, you know, you risk two of your friends for 500 of our crew. <laughs> like, that, that, right. That, that's I was like, I can see all of this. And then I think he, at, at, from like a writerly show standpoint, I think he drops some really fun comedic one liners that help lighten a lot of stuff up. Um, and and I just find his dynamic with um, with Seven to be wonderful because he is so by the book, but obviously there's some darkness underneath there that we're getting like breadcrumbed at this moment. And so I'm going to be really interested what drives his Character. need to be by so by his need to be yeah. so by the book. Yeah. Marge, Marge says Shaw has potential. I would agree with that. He has a potential to be a clown, to be a, a perfect bozo. Um, my my issue, <laughs> my issue with with Shaw is, it, I, I do find him funny at times, and I do find him to be this interesting plot device because he kind of represents what any normal person who is not a fan of Trek would be thinking or reacting in this situation, right? To your point, why risk the lives of 500 for two? We know, right, through Mm -hmm. seasons after seasons after decades, that at the end of the day, when these two go on a journey, they haven't been wrong about it, the fate of the galaxy being at stake. So I look at this, and and because at this point, he's just an, an obstacle, to saving the galaxy, right? To saving the universe. That's how I look at it. And I don't so, know, man. Like I remember that one time that Picard like almost destroyed the universe. Remember that? Almost, but he didn't. <laughs> count, count that. Count, count that. Up. How many times has he actually saved the universe? That's what I'm just saying. Like he's uh, he's mm-hmm. always saving this thing. He he gets some mulligans. 
Um, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to talk about um, one of the things I really liked in last episode and this one is the world building of District Six and and sort of this like I like seeing some of the seedy underbelly. I really enjoyed our I enjoyed Smeed, our Ferengi, yeah, like mob boss character with his prison face tattoos. <laughs> um, I thought that was like the per- Ferengis to me will always be campy on Mm -hmm. screen because of the way that they're constantly depicted and then how they they've chosen to to work with within um the canon of of ferengi for the most part i'll say deep space nine challenges a lot of that but this to me was like that perfect lower decks ferengi moment this felt like a a lower decky scene and i think that's why i liked it (laughs) mariah let me ask you this in this episode alone we see a number of chopped off heads True. That's a little bit different, a little darker for I mean, it feels like that sure. discovery, the discovery moment, right? Do you remember like in season one when we go on that ship and there's all the dismembered bodies mm-hmm. and we're just like, oh, this is Trek of now. And I feel like this was there like he it it's it's in this universe too. And I know I, I mean I've seen some comments here in the chat as well as I saw online, like so many people have been waiting to watch Wharf decapitate someone for decades. <laughs> <laughs> and they finally got it with his curleth. Yeah, like uh I actually felt like Sneed was a very like the most grounded Ferengi that portrayal of a friend that i've ever seen it, it that's what i mean it was like it was yeah. camp but grounded like i understood yeah. this character and his motivations uh, like yeah. i i really i really liked him uh you know the short time he was on screen uh and and the idea of like oh i like old things like you know you think and, that was um cisco's baseball i hope so uh, i i hope so but i like, miss you know, that uh because like cisco like you know cisco's with the prophets right now it would not be surprising if someone just snaked, you know, that uh, that baseball off like Kira's desk, you know. Yeah, I mean, we did just see it in she's or I don't know. I guess I'm assuming it's uh, in lower decks. Kira is tossing a baseball up and up and down in her hand in one scene, but um, it's hard to tell animated to IRL if that is Cisco's baseball. But I enjoyed the nod. Uh, there was also a. Um, uh, Mugatu horns. I don't know if y'all caught that, but from our lower decks, the Ferengi who like to smuggle Mugatu horns. <laughs> and I was like, these set designers had a blast. <laughs> no, it, 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 it was great. Like, you know, I uh, I liked his interaction. That's probably my favorite Ralphie interaction this season with, with Sneed. What did you think of this very, I think the other thing that isn't serving Rafi's storyline particularly well is the need for a lot of exposition dumps in her scenes in order mm-hmm. to move anything forward sure, sure, in that yeah. B plot. It, it's, it's, uh, it's thankless. It's yeah. She's really doing yeah, the man. Lord's work um, of moving us forward to eventually connect these two at some point, I'm assuming, but um, we got a hu- an ex-husband reveal quickly in a back alley meeting. Like, a reminder of her son and a grand, you know, it was like, Oh, we're going to just like quickly jump over all of this familial trauma (laughs) for this character to move the plot forward. I've watched it twice now. And my thought both times has been the same. Like what? That like almost got whiplash from how fast that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, like I, I look at it and like, uh, she's always been a person who, like mission is mission first 
like you know like she's always been that person so i i think showing her that like you know if it's between family and mission i pick mission you know i i think that shows who she is in a way that is i i think a lot of times the, the way it should be like she, she would be a good section 31 operative like you know i i i, I think she would be uh her talents I mean, are wasted. <laughs> yeah, for Michelle Hurd's sake, I hope they like spin her off into Section Thirty One in some way because I think yeah. she is. I think Rafi is such an interesting character, and I wish she didn't get reliquated to this like weird B plot so that we can have the Avengers assemble of the old yeah. cast. Which I know, I know it's going to be good when it happens, but I'm just like, it's a mm-hmm. sad disservice to a character I've grown to really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think maybe that's my struggle is that she has been she has been dumped into this kind of at, for this at least the second season in a row this campy kind of B plot where she's always angry mm-hmm. and I'm just like the character and the actress herself are capable of so much more. Right? Like there's so much more you could do with Rafi and I just don't know if we've ever really found a, a true niche for her kind of in the group mm-hmm. um, where she stands up, like the, the way TNG did with um, really with like data, right? Like finding an identity, being a critical part, but maybe not always having the storyline revolve around, revolve around them or mm-hmm. just, it's just, I'm, I'm waiting for that. Um, I am waiting for that, but yeah, I am excited about, I think next episode, now that we finally have her tied to one of the original cast members in plot now that it's going to get better. Also, I think I'm just really excited to see Michelle Hurd and Michael Dorn have scenes together because they are both really strong and great actors. And so I think there's going to be a lot of potential for um, things to get better for Rafi's storyline. That and there's the mention of the mysterious weapon on um, uh, the strike on the strike. So I was just like, I wonder if that's going to help us connect all these pieces a little bit faster. Um, a fun fact is Sneed is played by played by Aaron Stanford in this episode, who was the lead on Twelve Monkeys, which is Terry uh, Metalis's, um last his show from the sci-fi, and apparently Splinter, which was the name. They used for the drug that Rafi injects into her eyeballs was the name of the time travel tech from 12 monkeys. So there's a lot of, they're having a lot of fun in that writer's room. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Putting stuff everywhere. Um, well, Cause yeah. Mariah, it looks like we got a lot of hate for Jay in the chat. Nobody, <laughs> nobody likes Jay. Team Rafi. No one's, no one's feeling like, Jay. Like, like, like Jay, Jay seems like, uh, Except like for a Paul. normal Paul's going to come to his defense. I'm just saying, like you know, here's this dude who's picked family over mission. Is, is that a bad thing? You know, like you know, because Picard does it at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think here's the thing. I think everybody picks mission over over family in the history of Trek, right? Like we don't see a whole what lot. What happens of- when your family is the mission? then it makes it easy for you to focus on family for that episode or (laughs) it's starting to feel like a a fast and the furious movie in here it's all about family yes right 
one quarter light year at a time. <laughs> um, I was trying to think what, I mean, I guess, you know, we have to talk about the biggest elephant in the room, which is we confirm Picard has a son. He's apparently based on timeline, 22, 23 years old. Um, I, I, my biggest question, and I saw someone tweet this as a joke and I, I think it's hilarious how much not, I think both hilarious and fun that uh, Terry Metalis responds to a bunch of people's questions about these episodes on Twitter. I was like, bless you for taking this time to answer these people's trolley questions. <laughs> Cause someone said, how is Jack Crusher's um, is the Britishness so strong in the DNA of, of, <laughs> of Captain Picard that it translates into a British child. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's what it is. It, it's what it is. We're, we're, hopefully, they'll they'll address it. Hopefully, but he uh, said no. It's not that. Just watch. That's all he said. Oh, so I'm okay. assuming they're going to address it. <laughs> you know, he probably went to like a British preparatory school, is my guess. But I just I have to admit that. So there there are two things about about this that that I thought about. One is I've seen a lot of titles and references to Jean-Luc Picard over the years, admiral, captain, my captain, leader, friend. Baby daddy was never on, like, in the realm of things that I would think about in terms of Captain Picard. So that's a new one. And then going back to Vodic a little bit, the way Vodic says his name is like, Captain Picard. Like Picard. a really bad French accent, yeah. But it, it makes me wonder, like, are people in France watching Star Trek and going, these Americans, and the way they pronounce his name, it's driving me nuts. I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that would be. But it's French of the future. French of the future. French of the future. future. That's true. Um, what do you think? So they've, they've tried to explain a little bit of Jack's background. He's essentially like, I'm a doctors without borders, but I break the rules, but I only break the rules to help make the world a better place. It's very like, uh, I am the Han Solo esque of this world, right? Like, I feel like they've given him a lot of that dress, that kind of, I'm charming, that whole introductory scene of him with the inspectors was like very wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He may be a lot of things. Han Solo, I mean, I feel like knockoff dime store version of like Han Solo. I'm not. I think I think we're all struggling with with him right now. I just I I, I feel like I'm supposed to want to be awed and inspired by him. Like it's it's almost like they've given me this Kelvin. Chris Klein version of like James Kirk. Like, I remember what it was like to see this Kelvin version of Kirk for the first time, which felt nothing like Shatner. And I was coming to terms with it, but I was like, yo, I rock with this. This, this, this is very different than what I was expecting, but it works. And I felt like I'm supposed to feel that way about, about Jack Crusher. And I'm just, not like i'm just like okay low-key i like the story but you this character is kind of annoying right now 
Oh, really? I find him very charming. Really? Am I really? okay? Maybe I'm alone. Really, really. I, 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 I do not find him charming. I do not find him like annoying. I feel like he feels like a kid to me. Like you know, he feels Did young. You, him and I are the same age, by the way. Oh well, well like there you go, Mariah. <laughs> you know, I, can I play twenty? <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, I, I, I do feel that like it would seem that Beverly and and Jack have lived on the edge of federation you know utopia for a while mm-hmm. you know like it seems like that's their thing now that they like they ghosted the whole you know that beverly ghosted the whole crew and i have to say that like living outside of the federation you know it's gonna be a little different like you know like like picard all these people they have the privilege of like living in like a place where all your needs are met there's no need for money you know, is it a wonder that here are these people who are trying to do good have to like bend the rules a little bit and perhaps be a bit of a jerk? Like, I'm I'm not defending Jack. I I, I you know I, there is like you know that try hard roguishness about him where I go like no you're not solo, but you know you're you're a kid. Uh, you know it, it's like when the, uh, Shia LaBeouf uh, grabbed the uh, the what you call it the uh, Indies hat in like. Uh, Indy four. And I don't like, know what you're talking about. Exactly, exactly. See, he's talking he, about he, a he, bad movie. He, I don't. I don't acknowledge his. That's, 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 that's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Thank that's you. That's right. Only I can see the pair. The, 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 the you know. <laughs> yeah, you can see what whatever you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> but like, but like, you know, like these characters are, are, you know, I'm not trying to give too much gravitas. I'm just saying, like, you know, they're living in the reality that they have to live in. Like, you know, right. If, if if Wesley if if if, if Beverly and, and Jack were living on the frontier, basically, this is this is who Jack would be. This is who John Luke Picard would be if he were had to live in the frontier. I um the one the other thing is I wish in that flashback to the two weeks prior, oh, yeah. we got to see Jack and Beverly interacting mm-hmm. in some way. Because right now I have no idea of their relationship beyond this, I'm protecting you, you're protecting me. We've yep, never actually 100%. even seen them in the same room together at this point. Hundo, hundred percent. I feel like the, the the flashback was, I don't want to say lazy, but like it didn't. You could have done more with it. Like you know, all all you know is like it just seemed like a showcase for like, oh, here's my fast talkingness, you know, yeah. and and that just seemed like you, you know who it, it's not Han Solo. He reminds me of Star Lord. Chris Pratt's Star okay. Lord. Now I now that I might be. <laughs> so, there's a lot of people. So we've got a lot of. So we've said Star Lord, <laughs> Choopy saying Dollar RL, Marge is saying Rios, and I'm like definitely not Rios. I I immediately liked Rios from the moment he was on screen. I was like mm-hmm. that dude is the coolest dude. Like he he's on the short list of coolest Star Trek characters ever. Rios is you're like even more. <laughs> that that is a Paul opinion. Um, but I I I love what you said because I was like mm, I don't really feel Dar Dar RL because I felt like Dar really was young. Mm-hmm. Like I was annoyed because he he couldn't help it that he was young. He was so inexperienced. This is a little bit different. But Star Lord. Mariah, talk more about that because that well, feels. I mean, I feel like they're mm. even trying to feel to play that in. Like our introduction to him is he's playing like old seventies, like early eighties rock music. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's like that era. And then he's wearing the leather jacket and he's got like his swoopy hair. And, and then he's like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be charming with my like fast talking ways, but I have a good heart, you know, very that vibe so far yeah. is what I'm getting. Yeah, like I like that. That's a really good. That's a really. That was a really good one, Mariah. I gotta. I gotta oh, give you. Uh, Clyde, do you like Star Lord? I. Uh, I'm My a problem little is split. now Chris Pratt has ruined Star Lord for me. But <laughs> I, I think Star Lord is one of those things where I'm like, okay, I can appreciate you, but I don't love you. Like you, I. I yeah, like that works. Like I'm never gonna be like, ah, oh, you know who I love. I can't wait for Star Lord to be on screen. That's not gonna happen. However, what I have noticed with Star Lord in particular is there's been a um, a maturation process that you know with, and, and I find that with most Chris Pratt story like characters, like early on, I'm like, oh my goodness, and then. Eventually they mature and I'm like, oh, this 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 character is likable. I'm hoping I see that with Crusher, with Jack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask you a question and then it left my mind. Um, any theories on what he could have? So all of this discussion of our of crush of Jack Crusher started with what do we think he could have possibly done with the information we have now? Um, that beyond this, it's obviously not money that Vedic is interested in. What do you think she is ultimately interested in here? What is his motivation? Because it's take him alive, which I thought was a key indicator here of was her goal truly to get him or was it to get him to get to someone else? Like, is this a plot mm. line to try to get something from Beverly? Is this something like, is there... Uh, an issue with her, an issue with Picard. Like, what? What is the possibility here? Well, I mean, all four. So, Jack, Picard, Riker, and Beverly were all on the ship. The only one they were interested in was was him. Mm-hmm. And so, I feel like there's something in him. And it's interesting because if you wanted him to get to Picard, well, great. But now you have Picard. Right. And Picard doesn't even know of his existence. So it's all fascinating. Mm -hmm. I just, I wonder if there's something I'm trying to figure out. Is there something about him? Right. Or is there something that he's done? Like, is he a clone? Is, is he lore? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Mariah. I I, I exist. I am here. You know, like, you know, I, I'm an exobot. I, I I peanut hamper. You know, like oh, I was really hoping we were going to go an episode without mentioning the ph word. Um. <laughs> um, Chufi asked an interesting question. The way she said, "I honor my terms." Like maybe she thinks Picard doesn't honor something. So is there y'all are have probably a better depth of knowledge of next of uh, next gen. Is there a time where maybe Picard did not honor his terms of an agreement that could? warrant someone wanting revenge no i picard is like known for his like like rigidness mm-hmm. like you know uh he he's he's not uh i i don't i i i don't think so i i think it's ultimately just she just emphasizing like you know her power position like basically i i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do uh and i'm not gonna cheat you but like you know you you have you have 
five minutes, two minutes. Like, you know, she, mm-hmm. she, she's just like, you know, she's just trying to reassure them, I think. You know, she did throw a starship at them, so. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, too, if she perhaps thinks by letting them go and doing the chase that she'll get to something that she wants, ultimately, that's maybe not even on that ship, but. See, like, when you you say that, and, and, you know, she talks about her ship being called the Shrike, and how it's a bird, and blah, blah, blah. And and like it takes something from you over time until you can't recognize it anymore, or whatever. So, so the the Shrike is, you know, is a type of bird. Uh, It's also in, like, you know, like, a book series called Hyperion. But, like, Mm. what the Shrike does that is really interesting is basically, depending on whether it's insects or mammals, it basically throws the the animal onto like thorns and branches impales them onto wow. these things and then just like you know eats a little and then comes back when it wants a snack so like it's like really just <laughs> when it says methodical and pecking like it's like you know like it's brutal yeah. right it, it's, it's cruel called... yeah i was like i just did a google image search don't yeah, recommend it <laughs> nope it's called the butcher bird exactly yeah. like like uh, so there, there are a bunch of shrikes around the world but like this is what you know you know the one in canada is the butcher bird right like it, it just it's it's pretty interesting so like you know and she so when i look at this like when when you know when she's when they're headed toward nebula and she's all excited i feel like she just wants to play mm. you know she wants an excuse to to like you know to 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 really fuck people up <laughs> well i would i i agree I'm going to say it now. I agree with you, Paul. What? what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I <laughs> Someone write it down. <laughs> time. Everyone's the time. There's time. Seminal moment. Um, right. No, I think, but in addition to that, I think, I think kind of with that pecking, I think she wants to break them down. Like oh, she yeah. knows, she knows they're going to run. She knows what they're going to do. If she's, she clearly knows so much about this crew. Right, right. She, like she's she like, hasn't I been know surprised once. Yeah. That Shaw has a psych background. Like there's something in his. Psych- she knows everybody's business. Mm-hmm. So like, where did she come from? Is she previously Starfleet and has access to a bunch of stuff? Who knows? Yeah, and so I think, I think ultimately, maybe her plan is they're gonna run, and we're gonna, we're just gonna keep. We've got a much bigger ship. And this isn't going to go the way it's gone in the past where you get really cute. We're going to keep pecking at you. We're going to pull you apart. I mean, she literally threw a ship at them. We haven't seen that before. And so um, I think at some point the idea is to break them down. Maybe not that they give up, but when you have them in a state of just like broken will, then she can extract what it is she wants from them, whatever that may be. I mean, like the, the simple, the, the word for this, she's sadistic, mm. you know, you know, so the, and they're sadistic, like, you know, the Borg do the same thing, right? They just chase you down and then start carving you up and like chase you down. Remember that episode where like, you know, we saw a bunch of parallel uh, uh, enterprises and you had the one where Riker, you know, comes back and goes like, don't send us back. The Borg <laughs> are everywhere. <laughs> you remember that episode? Like, uh uh, and so, like, you know, th- that's what the Borg do, right? But the Borg are not sadistic about it. They're not enjoying it. They just, this is, this is what I do. Where she is like, going, oh, yay, yay, I get to play. I get to, I, I get to, like, slice you up. Yeah, it is giving, like, very, 
Wrath of Khan vibes, right? Where we at least know the mo- we knew the motivation for Khan early on, and and we don't quite know it for Shaw yet. But I do get a similar villain vibe. To you, you mean Vedic or Shaw? Because Shaw is my hero. Sorry, yeah. Uh, it's the it's the um the strike and Shaw. I was like, there's too many S S yeah, 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 there yeah. for me to choose from. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm into Vedic. I'm ready for, to see her in all of her twirly mustache villainous glory. No, like I, I'm, I'm really like this is episode two and like, if there are only 10 episodes, like I'm, there's still, you know, trailers promise like, you know, Lord Jody, like, uh, Moriarty, like, you mm-hmm. know, like how are we going to get all these people in? I, I, like, you know, we're, we're, we're on the edge of Federation space in a nebula. How am I going to get all <laughs> So yeah, it's all very interesting to me. Yeah, there's there's ten episodes. The next two are directed by Frakes. Um, next week's is entitled "17 Seconds." Is the title for next week? Interesting. Um, okay. And then after that is "No Win Scenario," um, and then the uh, and then it's "Imposter," and then "Bounty," and then "TBA" on the rest of the titles. But the last two episodes are directed by. Um, Terry Metalis, so definitely our finale there. I think that would be a great idea. So for the uh, listeners, uh, it says yes. Paul's dream show is a Shaw lore buddy road trip comedy. Uh, I think I think that would be great. I, I, don't, I don't know what Star Trek fan wouldn't watch that. Uh, this one right Alana here. Alana says, <laughs> Pod, he didn't honor his terms with Moriarty. So is there something there? I did. Oh, I was going to say way earlier in the chat, I was trying to find it, but someone mentioned, I think it's a theory from our friends over at strange new pod. Someone came over from their stream to our stream um, talking about, there's a theory that um, Vedic is a hologram. Interesting. Interesting. That, 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 that that maybe like to to be fair to like, you know, Picard Mm. and Moriarty bit, like, you know, Picard said, Hey, We'll study like how to get you off the what you call it the the holodeck. They did. They didn't have the tech for that because it's impossible at at their cur- you know mm-hmm. at their time. But when, once Voyager gets back, you know it can. But like you know, but it's impossible. And then Moriarty like decided like, well, I'm going to blow up. I'm not blow up the ship. I'm going to let the ship thro- uh, get destroyed. So like, the terms of the agreement were already changed. That like so Picard and and Picard gave him a good life. You know, like he's in some like like mini holodeck. You know, like in in that active memory thingamajigger. So he's doing fine. Jeremy Brown says his hot freak is the stolen tech from Daystrom is lore. Well, we've seen Ooh. the the like mining tunneling action happen already. So. Well, well, I think yeah. that. I mean, we yeah, we've seen we've I seen mean, like that portal. Yeah, it's possible that Lore is the one who's pushing the button, as Rafi kept saying, that we know that that whatever throwaway villain whose head we saw. Um, what if Vatic works for Lore? That would be interesting. Like Clyde but don't I, like that. Clyde but I do like wonder, like, I'm trying to figure out in our timeline of events, right? Like, seemingly this bounty on, like, something about Jack happened prior to this two weeks right because mm-hmm. the the marked lady has been looking for this person sure, sure. and now that he's been discovered 
we that's what set like everything in motion. So it has to have come from prior to these weapons being stolen. I do believe know, if the timeline's do, correct. Do we know when the weapons were stolen? Like when do we meet Rafi? Like has it been a week, a day, a month since the weapons have been stolen? I, I don't know. I'm I'm asking. I would have to double check, but I feel like within this two week time frame is when these weapons were stolen. Sure, sure. Okay. Cool, cool. Seemingly. I yeah, can no, be wrong. No, I, I hear you. Um, Marge, I'll double check some more stuff here in the chat. Marge asks, when will the Rafi storyline merge with the main story? I think probably next week now that we have uh, Worf involved. We'll be getting closer every episode. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see say, how they do it. She's yeah. been undercover for months, so it is possible that yeah, things were stolen months ago, or she's been doing other other projects. Who knows? Like maybe there was like talk of something happening and then it happened. I am not sure. They haven't given us like concrete dates that I've been able to notice. I'm sure there's a screen somewhere with a tiny screen cap that I could find. <laughs> okay, get on it, Mariah. I'll work yeah. on it. I'll go screen by screen. <laughs> Nicole says, I wonder how much these ships cost to make. No one seems to bet an eye at how often they get effed up. Um Nicole, I mean, that's military right budgets, friend. Military budgets. Um, Nicole, also, same thing I said earlier was Beverly on the ship when Jack bribed the Rangers. That's what I wanted to know. And that's why I wish if this was happening, like, was she doing something else? Then she came back and she's like, What are you doing? You're going to get us in trouble. You know, like, I, I want to know more about like what their relationship so, is. Mariah, that point that you made, I think that's where my struggle is, right? Is that I don't have any Jack backstory they had an opportunity to give us a little bit about Jack to, to really help us feel a certain way. Right. Like I saw the whole scene with him and the Finvis Rangers or whatnot. I didn't buy any of it. Like none of it really connected. Like if they had expanded it out so that I saw, you know, a little orphan child getting medicine that they needed, then maybe at that point I've been like, okay, this is ultimately a good dude, right? But what I really saw is him bribing a cop for who knows what, right? And I'm kind of like, all right. I just, I think there was, and to your point, having him really interact with somebody that we already know and love, Mm -hmm. like Beverly Crusher, lends the credibility from them like right now you're just telling me that like i'm not even having not really seen them interact because we still haven't seen them interact yeah i mean chibi does bring up that like he says she taught him everything he knows blah blah blah, but there's a difference to me and someone i don't know telling me something and i don't know if it's true or not also like show don't tell let me see their relationship exactly i need to see it to know it for myself Right. Like he he's just some dude to me right now. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to trust you, but you haven't given me one single reason to trust you. I mean, I find him charming already. Like he's already like got plus points in my in my docket here, but I'm like, I would have loved to have seen a scene with him and Beverly prior to wow. her, like, you know, giving what did y'all think of um we don't even need to speak the words for me to for, for us to know what we need to know between Picard and Crusher. I loved it. I mean, I think it's a bold choice. You know, it's a, uh, it's, it's bold for television. Like it's, it's a, mm-hmm. uh, and the only problem with it in this is that 
duh we all know <laughs> like 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 the moment Riker says it like you know that's something mm-hmm. explicitly I think we all suspect it since like you know they broke up 20 years ago and the kid looks 20 or, or look Mariah's age you Thank know you. uh, uh, uh <laughs> 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 and, and so and so like I, we all suspected it so like it doesn't have the same like gravitas as it would in a uh in its absence like where like you know because people are just explicitly saying it but but i think i think like you know having her say it like jean-luc jack is your son would have been like so laughable yeah i don't need like a whole line i think i just wanted like beverly said nothing this whole episode so i think i just needed her to be like Yes, John Luke. I don't need. I don't need like it's your son. I just need her to look at him and be like, "Yes." See, I didn't. I didn't need it. But look, I am a admitted, confessed, hopeless romantic. I am, and I. I look at John Luke and Beverly, and every time you tell me that they've tried to get together and it hasn't worked, I'm still here for that romance. I'm here for the golden age romance. I still want it. I still want them to have feelings and emotion and try and figure this out and make it work in their late sixties. I know I'm goofy, but I just, I love it. And so what I see, what I saw was I saw her look at this person who she has such a connection with that even though it's been 20 ish years, that they can look at each other across the room and he knows everything she's saying in a glance. He, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> say that I'm admit that it's signed me up for that. You got me? You got me with that. You got me with that. I'm, I'll mm-hmm. be honest. What do you think about Loris in this situation? Though? Really, uh, I forgot all about Loris. I mean, I love Loris. I love Loris. I think, that's, I think they wanted you to forget all about Loris in that moment. Listen, I love Loris, but I told you in the episode when she leaned in and hugged him and did that little pat on, on the shoulder, that was her saying, holla, like, like, like so long, buddy. <laughs> I, I don't mean to be this way about it, but like, is it a surprise that you know that Picard ends up alone? He's just so rigid. Do you think he'd be good in relationship? Oh, <sighs> oh, silence! silence. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know, like I mean, here's, it, he's got. I think here's I, I got distracted by something in the chat that wasn't with the silence. Was yeah, um, I was like, unfortunately, something like uh, not great yeah. happened to one of our our regulars. So we're very sorry that happened. Um, just glad you're okay, man. Yeah. Just glad you're okay. Glad you're okay. Um, but uh, what I was gonna say is that I think in our society and I am, and I think it's a a universal thing and that's why it's in all shows too, right? Is there's so much emphasis on romantic love. And I will say um, Picard obviously has deep relationships with a lot of people across the series, but I think it's interesting that they've kind of made a point to say he's disconnected from almost everyone in the last 20 years. And so I don't think he's good at relationships. Yeah, I, I don't think like, you know, like, like Kirk was the same way, you know, like, 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 
like there's there's this and in a way like Janeway with this way like you know right there, there's this like kind of curse of being a good captain cost it's like you. Pike is also not great at it either you know exactly. like, like it's it, it's, mm-hmm. it's all it's all like you know it's mission before happiness mm-hmm. you know like like and you know Do you think it's possible to be a good captain and to maintain uh relationships Cisco seemed to have a shot a couple times. He, yeah, yeah. But, but, but here, but with Cisco, two two things with Cisco. He started out as like you know a lieutenant, you know, like a a commander, right? He didn't he didn't start mm-hmm. off as a captain, and then he went and like went to the wormhole aliens and and left his newborn kid by. <laughs> you know, listen, <laughs> if and if I love you, Cisco, if, I love Cisco. Listen, Riker has seemed to up until this very moment make it work does he i know i i am wondering what this uh the the problems in the marriage that we've been seeing kind of teased out here and and it and mind you it took it took Riker like near 10 years to propose to troy (laughs) you know like you know like and and you know that was gonna happen Mm -hmm. you know like so i'm just saying like star like like i do not know is there something about Starfleet captain chair that makes you just bad at relationships? You know, I, I don't know. I, I I do imagine like you know there's this aspect where you know being away on missions is too much. And like in that episode where like Picard met the was it Darren? I can't like you know Commander Darren where uh, he he was really into her and then ultimately like he almost she almost died and so he wound up going like. Well, you have to leave my ship now or quit to hang out with me. <laughs> Listen, Paul, to answer your question, no, I don't think he's good at relationships, but that has nothing to do with my wanting it to happen and be successful. Clyde, that is that's, fair. That, that's, that's fair. The, that is that's fair. the hopeless part of being a hopeless romantic. Uh, that, like that, you're that's... really hoping for the success. Like that's that... I, I understand who I am. I do I'm not like saying that. it makes sense. That's, that's I was fair. Like, I, uh i was gonna just say i think it's interesting i was like racking my brain and you know i know there's other examples but like of recent trek and and things that i can pull out i like that right now our stablest relationship is uh stamets and um yeah uh, uh, what's his name wilson cruz um Yeah. Colber. Stamets and Colber. Sorry, guys. It's like when you have so many, I was like, I have yeah. all the Picard names in my brain right now. You have to like it's, shift control alt delete. Like like their um, relationship is so strong that it survived uh, the death of one of them. Exactly. So here's <laughs> what I'm just saying. Only gay relationships work in space. <laughs> <laughs> so that means if that logic is true, Rafi and Seven are back together by the end of this season, baby. <laughs> I don't know. Neither of them were in the captain's chair. That's the, my, my only thing. That, you know, so maybe it's being a red shirt. Like, you know, in the old days, red shirt means you just died. And now in a red shirt, it means like you can't have a relationship. <laughs> I prefer my theory. Uh, no, no. It's only, only, only gays in space get love and happiness. <laughs> gays in space. Yeah, that's right. Hashtag Star Trek pod, gays in space. <laughs> No, I, we'll we'll see. But I mean, I think um, I like the fact that we've we've got some we've got some reveals, right? Like they could have dragged. 
and drug this whole like who is Rafi's handler and yeah, I'm glad it's quick. Yeah, like it, it's quick. I I think that has I, I like that because now we get to move along and and it's kind of like who's next? Who's the next reveal in the episode? Any any ideas? Who do you think we see next? I feel like it's got to be either Troy or Jordy would be my theory. What about y'all? Oh, you know, you, you know my pick. Who's my pick, guys? Lore. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I was like, I like how in unison we were there, Clyde. One, two, three, lore. <laughs> not just not in, in timing, but in tone. Lore. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with Jordy. Okay. Solid choice. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm wrong, but I mean, <laughs> I think never, it's possible. You never know. All right, guys. Anything else you want to talk about with this particular episode? I think I think we we hashed it out. Like I think I think I, we, I was like right now our episode's technically longer than the episode, so I think we. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say a, a couple quick things. One, part of me still trying to figure out: Are they setting us up for something else? It, not not from a plot standpoint, but like series standpoint. From a series standpoint, like will this spawn another show? And it's it's tough because you've got a whole bridge crew, and outside of LaForge, Crash LaForge, I can't tell you one person's name because it's not really about them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying, and please, I'm not ready for a Jack Crusher spinoff. I'm just not there. Um, but I'm I'm trying to. F- get a sense of what else now it sounds like there are a lot of people here i'm not one of them that might sign up for a shaw spinoff but i'm not that guy what well, if it's a vedic a vedic spinoff like it can go go completely anti like you know here here's how like villains work in like you know in star trek times I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. I still uh, am pushing. I think Paramount needs to have a Klingon show, but that's just Klingon, Klingon Game of Thrones. Yes, you know, I want it. Ooh. I need it. I need all the family drama. Klingon, uh, you know, uh, Klingon, the, the way of honor. Boom. Perfect. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Paul, we'll start writing that this weekend. Um, you had me at Batlith. You had me right. at Batlith. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm still trucking along. I can't wait to see what happens next week. So far, I'm pretty happy with the series. So I am, I'm Me ready too. to stick out the ride. I'm all in. All in. Ready for the poker game, y'all. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us this week. We will be back again next week. Same time, same place, talking about Picard. We'll be here for the live stream, or you can listen to the audio episodes. Uh, to this podcast you can find them on apple spotify and more star trek pod.co you can also find links to our patreon there also if you all listen to the audio we would love if you can give us a review on apple Podcasts. we would appreciate that um clyde where can people find us on twitter you can find us at star trek pod thank you to karen who runs and holds down our twitter what's up karen Thank you, Karen. Karen. We appreciate you. And um, yeah, we've got some fun, like happy birthday tweets. It was uh, Jerry Ryan and Celia Gooding's uh, birthdays this week. There's some fun stuff on our Twitter feed. You should go check it out. And we will see you all next time here on Star Trek Discovery Pod. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Bye.